0: Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message. As you're seated, you can take out those little devices, called phones, because I know a lot of you will probably end up using that, hopefully not for texting or making your shopping list. Uh, for this afternoon, but Thomas Edison had no clue that we would be so attached to these little babies, nor did he have any idea, it would look like this uh, growing up. But as as he invents this, we have, again, attached ourselves to this machine. We still call it a phone, but it's so much more than a phone. It's a Bible app. For some of you, you're going to open up a, a Bible app now, and you can feel free to do that because about a quarter of the people, one And uh, one in four people will prefer the Bible being in digital form nowadays. That's out by a survey done by the American Bible Society on the state of the church, or excuse me, the state of the Bible. Happens every year. They kind of measure off things. This happened. This survey was completed during COVID. And so imagine any data points that might be in there might be affected by COVID. But by and large, a lot of people prefer still the print version. I still prefer the print version. But when you go to the millennials and you go to Gen Z's, it's about 50-50 about what, what print version versus whatever. Now, again, I say the word prefer. However, the digital Bible is read two times more than the print version. So even though I might prefer the paper version, this one is always with me. This one I can pull up in a, in a heartbeat if you have the Bible app and you can read from it. And, and so it's constantly there for us. And so when we're talking about the Jesus calling, when we're talking about uh, this, this whole series, we're talking about, uh, how Jesus calls us. Listen, keep your phones available. In fact, you can even right now, if you want to in, interact with, uh, the, our church bulletin, this now no longer print version, it's only in the digital form. You can, uh, take a picture of this QR code, takes you to an interactive worship guide that will allow you to take notes. Uh, Actually, look up the scriptures on the Uversion app. All these kind of built-in, integrated tools inside of that, uh, inside of that one little app feature. And if you're scrolling down to the bottom, anything that we're missing, we're not covering in announcements because we try to streamline those as much as we can. They're going to be on that page. So every week, come in, scan it, scan it on your way in, whatever, and it's there and and, and available for you. Then at the end of the, the the time, you can take it and email it to yourself. So you'll have your notes to be able to keep those for future reference. Now, one other feature, since we're talking about all these features on the iPhones, okay? Sorry, if you don't have an iPhone, I don't know what you got, uh, what, what you got going on. But I have this little feature on my iPhone, do not disturb, focus, focus times. You know, you go that little scroll, scroll left, scroll left, and you get to that focus section. I created this one called Jesus Time. Now, that Jesus Time could be anything okay, and it's an hour block, I put it as an hour block, and it's that time in which nobody gets through to me. It's an, at that time, in which, except for Lori, I, it's the only person I've allowed to reach through me through uh, on the Jesus time. But on that time, that's when I'm in my Bible study, that's whenever I'm preaching right now, that's times that I've set aside that I don't want any interruptions. And I hope in your life you have Jesus time. And I hope you will be so intentional, even though these devices are so much demanding of us, I hope that you will at some point in every day, not just on Sundays, but you will block out this world, and you will say, this is my Jesus time. Time to listen, time to learn, time to focus, time to to hear from him and respond. Now, when you come to these devices that are so much more than phones, and you think about them... We've had ways of screening notifications, screening phone calls for a number of years. I grew up in the landline days. Remember those days when you used to have caller ID uh, or you would have a phone uh, answering machine? I know I'm talking archaic stuff. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. It's dinosaurs. It's back in the dinosaur times. And uh, what you would do is you get a phone call. If you didn't know who they were and you didn't before caller ID, you'd say, send it to the machine. All right, I know this is new for some of you guys. Send it to the machine, and then you can hear the person giving you a message. And you go, oh, I want to talk to them now. And then you go pick up the phone real quick, and you can start talking to them. You remember that? Shake your heads. Guys, I'm not the only ones in the room, all right? All right, good. Thank you, It strikes up there at the top. Uh, then there, you know, so you, we've always been screening calls. But today, we've made it so much easier. You know, we get these spam alerts on your phone. You got that? You know, you get that phone call. Don't answer that, okay? It's trash. They're trying to sell you something. They're trying to tell you something's been hacked and you got to unlock it or you go buy me 50 Amazon gift cards or something like that. They're trying to spam you. They're trying to take from you. And then you get that unknown caller. Now, let's have a confession time. If you get an unknown caller, how many of you all hit ignore immediately? Raise your hand. All right, most people, some people are like so eager. In fact, less than a survey was done. Less than 1% of people will uh will will actually not hit ignore, okay? I mean, on, on somebody, block somebody out or or are not ignore them. We're talking about the Jesus calling here. And once you know you're getting a call from somebody significant, hopefully you will not hit ignore. But we've got basically three responses to a phone call that may come in. You can take it, okay? That's one option. Hopefully, if you get a call from somebody you love and somebody significant in your life, you take the phone call. You move things. Because phone calls are really interruptions in our life, right? Right? They kind of insert themselves into our day. They they come behind closed doors. They come behind uh, privacy fences. They come into our world. You can be in an important meeting and a phone call comes in. You got the options. You can take it. You can ignore it. Or you might even miss it. If you don't have your phone nearby, you come back and you have a missed call. I want us to think about the Jesus calling in all three of those buckets. Hopefully, when you hear the Jesus calling, and it will not be a ring on your iPhone. It will not be a vibration on your phone. It will, not be, it will be something internal inside of you. It will be something because the Spirit of God is working, because the Word of God has spoken, because God has spoken through a godly person in your life, and you will hear it, and you will know it's of God. There's just something unique about it. Please take that call. Please lean into that. If there's anything I can give you from my life of of major mess-ups from time to time, it's when I don't listen to that call of God. Or you can ignore it. Ignoring it is not necessary. We think, okay, I'll deal with you later. I, I will answer you later. We think kicking the can down the road with the Jesus calling is something that we have a lot of, a lot of opportunity for him. listen. It's not the case. You don't know how many times he's going to call. You don't know how many times he's going to press himself into your life and woo you to himself. You don't know. So whenever, don't ignore it. Because listen, you can say, "I'm not. I'm not ready to make the decision to say yes to Jesus. I'm not ready to say yes to that calling of God." Well, here's the here's the reality. Not to decide is to decide not to. Just because you say, okay, I'm not deciding right now. Mm -mm. That was a decision in itself. Okay, I'll talk more about that at the very end. But the last one, I can't miss talking about this one. If there's a whole treasure trove of people, the 7.9 billion people on the planet, 42.3% of them have yet to hear the Jesus call. I mean, the Jesus call given to them by the gospel, given to them by a missionary or a Christian, given to them by Transworld Radio, given to them by some form of a gospel presented to them by a church in a foreign land, in a distant land, they have yet to even hear of the Jesus calling. So as we lean in on this, let us not forget that we can take it, we can ignore it, or God forbid that we would miss it. We probably have people in our life that have yet to hear a clear and compelling and a concise invitation to follow Jesus. Take your Bibles and let's open to the Gospel of Mark. We're going to be in a four-part series of messages called The Jesus Calling, obviously, that's going to take us through Jesus calling this ragtag mix bag all over the spectrum politically and socioeconomically, group of people together and calling them his apprentices, calling him his disciples, and he's going to send them out, and they're going to become world changers, and the book of Acts will say they will turn the world upside down. But it's going to start with a simple, a clear, a concise, and a compelling call from Jesus Christ. And in this passage of Scripture, we're going to look at a portion of it. If you want to read the whole account, it's also recorded in Matthew. It's also recorded in Luke. Luke actually has more details to it, and you can read that for yourself. But let's read the abbreviated version, beginning in verse 16 of Mark chapter 1. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee. Let me say this. Because of what we read in Luke's account, and because of this account, I'm I'm going to impose, I'm going to presume upon something here. It's early in the morning. The fishermen have just coming back from fishing all night. They haven't caught anything. And Jesus liked to get up early in the morning and go away to a private place to pray. So this is that time. Maybe he's wandering back to the house and he comes upon these fishermen. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother Simon, casting their nets into the sea, and they were uh, uh, were fishermen. By the way, they were professional fishermen. They're actually in a group uh, of fishermen, and it's it's James and, uh, and John and Peter and Andrew, and there's this commercial uh group of people. And so that's what it said. Jesus said to them, Follow me. I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. Going on a little further, farther, they saw, uh, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, and they were in their boats mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee. Which I found kind of funny. Dad deuces were gone. Uh, father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and they followed him. Simple story, and goes right on, but it's a profound story at the same time. Mark captures it in such a succinct way. And again, I want to remind you that this is at the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is this very pretty small, it's more of a lake. It's a freshwater lake, and it's about 12 miles by 7 miles. And it's 600 feet deep. Now, how does that compare to Beaver Lake, just to kind of give a, a, a proportion? So Beaver Lake is 44 miles long, 482 miles of shoreline, but its depth is only 203 feet. So this is a very deep lake. It's a very small lake. In fact, you can easily see from one side to the other. And as you're in this lake, it's a deep water lake. There's a professional fishermen. They're constantly fishing in. And at this day, they come up dry. So they come up dry and Jesus is calling them. He's going to tell them to go out and cast their nets again. And they're like, no, 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 Jesus, We have already done it. We've spent all night doing this, and we didn't catch anything. He says, just do what I tell you to do. They do it. They drop their nets, and they catch so much fish. They begin to break their nets. Peter comes ashore, and he is so shaken by this moment. He knows that this man is Jesus, God's only son. He has to know it deep in his soul just because we see it from his response in Luke 5, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And in that moment, I have to believe in all my heart that that was the moment of Peter's conversion to Jesus. He realized he was a sinner. He realized he needed a Savior. He calls on Jesus. Jesus makes him his child. Isn't that a beautiful thing? He is converted. He is born again. He's all those things, but listen. Jesus doesn't just call us to be converted. He doesn't just call us to be born again. He's going to turn around. He's going to call the same man and his brother and his partners to follow me. I want you to follow me. He calls them to be disciples. And that calling to be a disciple is what I really want us to zero in on. In fact, we are ramping it up on what it means to really study this Jesus calling. Uh, our discipleship team has created some extra content, if you will, that is available to you that if you'll just text in seven you'll just text in calling to that number right there following this service. You're going to get something uh, uh, texted to you and on a weekly basis, you're going to get notifications of more content, more available that one, you could do it alone. You could do it as a couple. You could do it as a family. You could do it in your small group. It's so many ways, but it's just a deeper dive into what we're talking about in this room. So that's, that, that's another, a resource for you. Take advantage of it. But I wanna talk about, I wanna just take this Mark passage. I want us to parse out and look at the different angles of a Jesus calling, okay? First of all, I want us to see that there is a initiation, there's an initiation to this calling. Who is the initiator of the calling? When you look at that passage and you see in verse 17, and Jesus said to them. And then you go on down a little further and you see where, um, uh, and going on to, to, to James and John and, who were mending their nets. And immediately he called them. In both of these situations, these professional fishermen were taking care of business. They were taking care of their spreadsheets. They had a profit and they had a loss. They had more of a loss than they had a profit until Jesus filled their nets up with fish. So they were literally living out their life, doing what business people do, making a living and going about it until Jesus comes and says, Hey, hey, follow me. Follow me. Jesus initiates the calling. In every last one of us in this room, you don't wake up one morning and say, hey, I'm just going to follow Jesus. No. No, there is a calling that happens. There's a yearning that happens. You can say, hey, I'm going to church, or hey, I'm going to go be religious, or hey, I'm going to try to keep keep the Ten Commandments. Hey, I'm going to try to live a better life. But it's Jesus who initiates the calling and I want that to just sit on you for a while. I want that to sink into your soul for a while. And I want you to notice all the times in Scripture where Jesus points out, where the, the apostles point out that it is Jesus, it is God who initiates. It's God who chooses. It's God who chose us. John 15, 6, you did not choose me. I chose you. I appointed you. God is the initiator. Jesus is the initiator. Jesus called his disciples, Mark 15, Matthew 15, Mark 13. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he called his disciples and chose them, the, the 12. I do, do, Did not I choose you, the 12? You go on down and Peter records in verse chapter 15 to 17 of Acts, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days, God made a choice among you. Our God steps into our life, and He initiates a call on our life. We don't initiate it. This is a big deal. Because when God could have written us off, He didn't. He added us to a speed dial. He calls us. He chooses us. He chose us. 1 Corinthians 1, but God chose what is foolish. I've been foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak. I'm weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose, God chose, God chose. Ephesians 1, verse 4 says, even he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless, before him, Colossians one seven, God chose to make known to uh, uh, how great among the Gentiles are the riches of His glory, His mystery, which is in Christ, uh, which is Christ in you, your hope of glory. Again, chose, chosen, choice. One more, Second Thessalonians chapter two verse thirteen, we ought always to give thanks to God for you brothers beloved by the lord because god chose you as the first fruits to be saved i just want to i just want to point out and i don't want you to get over this if you're a follower of jesus don't get over this god chose you when you feel like you're unlovable god chose you when you feel unacceptable, God chose you. When you feel dejected, God chose you. He initiates His call with us. I can remember as an eight-year-old kid, I've told you this story before, but I was sitting in church, squirming around, asking my mother how much longer, how much longer. And every Sunday, that was the routine. She'd give us snacks like we're little birds on a, on, a, on a fence post and try to keep us occupied with little doodle sheets and all that kind of stuff just to just, just stay us off for just a little bit. And there's this talking head up on stage and he just keeps going on and on and on. Finally, she had this burst of wisdom that came over her. Parents, you can use this, it's free. She said, if you listen, it'll go by faster. I was all about going by faster. So I started listening. And Pastor Johnny was teaching. And I don't remember a word that he said, but there was something that happened on that day, that day in early spring of 1976. When I heard inside of me this call, this yearning, this, this necessity that I needed something I didn't have and I didn't fully put my arms around it. And so what I did at the end of that service is Brother, Pastor Johnny was standing at the back door is I made a beeline to Pastor Johnny and I said, I need Jesus. I mean, I'm eight years old. What am I doing, sand, drugs in the sandbox or something like that? I was a mess as an eight-year-old, but I still needed Jesus. And it doesn't matter if you're a mess as an 8-year-old or an 18-year-old or an 80-year-old. Every one of us needs Jesus. And what is beautiful is that He chooses us. You can say yes. You can say no. You can say yes, I'm going to take that call. No, I'm going to ignore that call. But He initiates the call. Number two. Looking at it from another angle, Jesus' call has intention. It's not just call you to be saved. It's not just call you to give you fire insurance out of hell. It's, it's not just to kind of give you a, a crutch in life or to to make you feel better about yourself. No, it's a intentional call with a direction that God is moving. And I love it that when Jesus cast his call, cast his vision to these simple fishermen who probably couldn't read, but yet they're going to turn the world upside down. I mean, it's just mind-blowing that he would choose these guys These women, Mary Magdalene, who had a checkered past, why would he choose these men and women to be his disciples to walk with him? He gives a concise, he gives a clear, and he gives us a compelling calling of his intention. Let's talk about the conciseness of it, the invitation. What did he say? Follow me. Just follow me. That's the simple thing. Follow me. Where are we going, Jesus? Follow me. Don't worry about the details. Follow me. Just follow. The invitation isn't to know where you're going. The invitation invitation is for you to follow the one who knows where he's going. You follow the one who knows where he's going, he's going to lead you in the right path. And the beautiful thing about this is this is a calling that you never outgrow. In fact, if you look at the life of Peter, from the time that he First, here's the call in Mark chapter 1, verse 17. If you go all the way to the end when uh, he's gone through all this three years of training with Jesus, if you will, and you go to the last chapter of John chapter 21, what is the thing he says? Follow me. The very clear point in this, you never stop following. You never become the leader that you never stop following. It is a constant call on your life. You are a follower first. This is the way Rusty Richardson put it. He says, I'm a recovering leader. The Bible is a book about followers, written by followers for followers. I am always a follower first. And what some people have a real hard time is turning over the keys, giving over the leash, giving over the reins, losing some of their own personal sovereignty. And that's why when we hear that calling of God, some people just can't go there. It's because they're having to give up the sovereignty of their own life, the calling the shots in their own day, the calling the shots in their own life. They have to give it up to follow Jesus. But it's a beautiful calling. And that's why I'm going to make this life principle to you this Sunday, but I'm going to expound on it next Sunday. And I don't want it to be a riddle in your life for the week, but the Jesus calling is for everyone, but it's not just for anyone. I just want you to think about that all week long. It's for everyone, but not just for anyone. And what does that mean? We'll unpack that next week. The Jesus calling is very concise, follow me. It's also very clear. It's transformational. He says, I will make you. You're, you're going to come to me here, but I'm going to make you here. I'm going to take you from here to take you to here. Okay, you, go, you don't go with me and stay where you are. If you're following me, you allow me to work in you to change you to become what I want you to become. It's a part of the initiation and the calling of our Father. He says, I will make. Now, if you understand the Greek language, the most important when you're dissecting, translating, uh, exegeting a passage of Scripture, the most important word is not the noun, it's the verb. Everything about the verb, everything will spill off of or will cascade off of the verb. The verb is the most important part. In this sentence, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And for the longest time, I thought the action was follow me. I need to follow. That's a command. It's actually an invitation. It's a peculiar participle to be exact. But what the verb of this sentence is, is what Jesus said he will do. It's a future active indicative, I will make you. I will make you to become. I'm going to do a work in you that's in the future. I'm going to do a work in you that's active. God is actually doing it. And it's an indicative and it's ongoing for the rest of your life. I'm going to do a work in you, futuristic, that will change your life for the rest of your life. It's what God does. When we answer his calling, he does everything intentional work in us to make us we have a statement around here it's it is one of the very important statements for us we crafted it years ago and it's still important to this very day and it is our definition of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus you're going to see this statement every week for the next four weeks one here it is becoming fully obedient multiplier following Jesus becoming Fully obedient multiplier following Jesus. Say it with me. Becoming. Fully obedient multiplier following Jesus. Becoming is what I want to focus on today. The fact that he is becoming, the fact that I will make you. God is going to do this work in us. That's the beauty. That's the promise. That's the potential. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. I got a, another year older a couple of weeks back, and I'm reminded that my body is wasting away like this verse. The outer self is wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed day by day. When God enters into your story and he becomes your leader, he be, you become his follower, you become his child. Your body may fade away, but your spirit, your soul, your eternal existence getting younger and younger and more spry and more full of life than ever before. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. One of the most influential people in my generation has been Billy Graham, preaching the gospel around the world, sharing the gospel of the world. But his wife, Ruth Graham, passed away before he did she had instructed the people to put on her tombstone, which is located at the li- Billy Graham Library, end of construction. Thank you for your patience. End of construction. When Billy Graham visits the tombstone, this is what I've been told, for the very first time after it was placed at her, at her gravesite, he had the people that was with him read that statement three times because it just sets in and just realize that God is working. God is working on me. I'm a work in progress. He's got a lot of work to do on me. He's going to continue to work on me. But it's not just concise, follow me. It's not just clear, I will make you become. It is compelling. It is missional. He's going to make you become what? A fisher of men. You've been fishing fish. Now we're going to fish men. You've been doing life for yourself, making your profit in lost spreadsheets. But now let's take it to a new level. Let's talk about people's eternal existence. Let's talk about what I want to do beyond what you're doing just here and now. What if we took on ourselves and we realized, hey, I might be a vendor. Hey, I might be a school teacher. Hey, man, I might be working the, the the medical profession. That's where I work. See, I could be a pastor today, a missionary tomorrow, and be selling widgets to Walmart the next day. Those are all positions that I take up in life. But my calling, my calling is to be a disciple who makes disciples. My calling is to be a fisher of men. Where I do that calling, selling widgets to Walmart in a school, that's just where I do my calling. God's called me to be a disciple who makes disciples. This is what John Bell says in his brief statement. He says, will you come and follow me? if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my name be known? Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? The beautiful initiated calling of God also comes with intention to make us, to follow Him, and to make us fishers of men. So where do we go with that? you, You got three options. You can ignore it. You can answer it. Or you can just pretend you didn't hear this today. You just kind of go on and miss it. There is immediacy in this. There is a response that required of us When you're interrupted by a phone call, you can't just not ignore the person on the other line. You can say, oh, I'm losing your call and fade them off and and lose them that way. But it doesn't change the reality. Notice this, verse 18, immediately they left their nets. Verse 20, immediately he called them and they left their father. I mean, they didn't even get daddy back to the shore and they're already gone following Jesus. They followed him. Uh, Lori and I are preparing, praying through in the next year after Easter, doing a series of messages on parenting. We're calling it right now Raising Up Giants, and we're just thinking through different principles through Scripture and our life and our, our raising up of kids. And, and, uh, and one of the statements, a parenting principle, you'll hear it now, you'll hear it later on in, in, when the series comes along, is this. Parenting principle, delayed obedience is disobedience. We had to learn that with our kids, and this is what how it plays out. Hey, hey, kids, clean your room, okay? They go on about their day. They don't get their room clean. Uh, kids, we told you to clean. Your room. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it later. And then you start getting in this delayed obedience kind of thing. And I'll, I'll do it later. Or I had good intentions to do it. And I'll, listen, we shorten that little principle down to obey immediately. If we give you instructions, now we're talking about being ogres, but if we give you instructions to do, that doesn't mean do it whenever you want to do it. That means do it when we ask you to do that. Parents, don't give your kids one, two, three, and then give them another one, two, three, because you're just training them like Pavlov's dogs, one, two, three. You can count to three is what you train them. Obey immediately. He calls them to follow. It's their response time they followed. Immediately they left their nets and they followed him. There is a calling on all of us that's initiated by God that has intention that he's leading us. The problem is, is that we can ignore it. We can miss it, but I hope you'll answer it. Whenever Joshua was leading the people of Israel, there was a time when they started getting a little shaky in their own faith. He has to bring them back in Joshua 24. He says, "Is evil, if it is evil in the sight of the of your eyes, to serve the Lord? Okay, choose for yourself today who you'll serve. You can serve these gods on this side of the river, or those gods on that side of the river. You can you can serve whomever you want to serve. Just choose today who you will serve." And then he makes a statement about his own family. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I just want to put that out there today, that God is calling us. And it's not a call that you just kick down the road. It's a call and you say yes to it. Hopefully he'll say yes to that because it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I'm going to do something I haven't done here in a very long time. I'm going to make it hopefully as clear and as concise and as compelling as I possibly can. And I hope that in your heart, you're just not just hearing my words, but I hope that right now there's a spirit of God calling on your life. And his calling could be, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. I'll do something in your life that you never thought was imaginable. You'll be turning the world upside down through the work that I want to do in your life. Here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it as clear as I can. If you have never given your life to Jesus, if you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never said, Jesus, I'm yours, I'm all yours, you've been dancing around Jesus kicking the can down the road, going to make that decision to say yes to Jesus later on. Listen, stop it. Stop it. Today is the day. Behold, now is the time to give your life to Jesus and let answer that call. We're going to do it like this. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to walk off that stage, and I'm going to go right out that door, and I'm going to go out to guest central over by by the coffee shop. And if anybody in this room Says, you know what? I've been playing games long enough. I've been kicking the can. I've been hitting Nora long enough. I've never even, maybe maybe you're one of those who've never heard the call of God before and you're hearing it today. And you're ready to say yes to Jesus. I want you to get up. As soon as I say amen, I want you to get up and follow me out that door. And let's talk and let's pray and let's get this knelt down. I want us all to do this right now. Stand together with me. Because I want your legs locked and ready to roll. And I tell you right now, you say, oh, okay, this is odd. I'm, Mike's calling me out to follow him. Uh, all that, I'm not selling anything. I'm just giving you the opportunity to follow Jesus. And here's the thing is, they, oh, people are going to be looking at me and thinking, oh, I'm stuck in the middle of the aisle. No, listen, 95% of the people in this room are praying that somebody like you would give themselves to Jesus today. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, Father God, in this space, in this time, you know every single one of us. You know our hearts, you know where we're at. Lord, maybe for some of us, we have heard this call so many times and we have just kept hitting ignore. Kept putting it off. Pushing the call away and not willing to say yes. But God, you're calling us not to be perfect. You're calling us to become to be changed by your Spirit, to be under construction of you, that forever and ever until we, until we go to heaven, we are following you, Jesus. We never outgrow following first. Jesus, I pray in this space, you will not let anybody be confused, and you will make a clear calling everyone who isn't a child of God and father father help them to decide today to follow you in Jesus name I pray amen thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church podcast to stay up to date on all things GPC follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram as you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live sent